This is Rashawn Slater, first round draft pick for the LA Chargers, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Bolt up. Hello and welcome to a summer edition of the Charged Up Bolts podcast. We've been on a break. Things are good. Some people have moved. Some people have got new jobs. Some people are still not wearing Chargers hats. And some people have got dyed hair. Everyone's in great spirits. The summer solstice has passed, which means we're on the downward ramp to the new NFL season. The road to Super Bowl is underway and the Chargers are going to be there. I'm your host, John Was Jr. And I'm joined by three incredible Chargers fans. I want to start off with a who will be a neighbour of mine in the county of Essex, England. Not quite as good as Yorkshire, certainly better than Lancashire. Mr. Dan King, how are you doing, buddy? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. What's how are you doing? Very well, mate. New job, being very yeah, busy. Congratulations, uh, congratulations. Thank you very much. It's very good. Um, if you want to buy any furniture, just give me a shout. I end stuff, really I end stuff. Back um, I can't afford anything high end. <laughs> Back of the wagon. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, house should be sold hopefully next week. We're not quite moved into Essex yet. I'll be about 10 miles as a crow flies from you. Still an hour and five minute drive. I don't get that. Um, River Crouch. Water in the way. It's yeah. a, bit, a bit of water in the way. The Yorkshire Sea, uh, known to everybody else as the North Sea. Uh, it's a pond compared to what John's used to. Um, speaking of John, that is a great segue to a man that is now in Tejas. How's it going? Howdy, y'all. It's good to be here. Good to be uh, good to be podcasting. I'm uh, shoot. I'm just plum excited to be talking with y'all. <laughs> has the temperature dropped below 120 since you've it been has? There? It has. It's actually right now. Actually, it's a it's a cool 94 and 37 degree humidity. So 37 uh, percent humidity. So nice. It's nice. For those of you listening from the UK, that's hot. That's hot. I'm glad it all went well. Um, your other half has settled into a new job, which is yeah. all positive news. Yes, and uh, you know I'm working with uh, working on getting connected with uh, the local DHBC. There's a diehard bolt club oh, not yes. too far from me. Quite a few here in Texas, so a lot of transplants. So I'm gonna try to get connected with them and maybe do something fun with them here soon. So are you are you seeing lots of Cowboys fans? Texas fans or a bit of both or, or how's it working out there? Um, it's yeah, it's definitely an even split. More Cowboys fans, although we had movers show up, and one of the movers showed up in a truck with a Raiders fit uh, with a Raiders sticker on it. What the Yes. I was like, I was like, whose truck is this? You're fired. I was like, I, I drive I go halfway across the country just to end up with Raider fans around me. I've oh, also cool. seen a, quite a few 49ers hats, which is which is interesting. So, But uh, mostly Cowboys, f- quite a few Texans. Uh, the old owner here was a Texan, and they've got a, a dartboard with like a big Texan like decal on it. I was able to get the decal off cleanly, so now i got to get a new Chargers decal to put on that dartboard. So. Spoiler Spider. alert, Jerry Jones will be on the next edition of the Chargers at Bolts podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly on to a man in Lancashire who's now rubbing shoulders with Ryan Giggs, David Beckham, Gary Neville, Phil Neville, Paul Scholes, and, and everybody else associated with Manchester United. Mr. Bez the Spaniard, how's it going, buddy? Mate, it's absolutely incredible. It's, it's been a nice, calm off season. There's no point talking about the charges when nothing's going on with the charges. And it's just, uh, it just, it's just that 
awkward part of the year where everything calms down, there's not a lot of sport, and we get the World Cup. Oh, we don't get the World Cup because it's been moved to the winter. Oh, it's been moved to the winter. It's a pointless World Cup. I'm boycotting it. Just because England won't win. The USA won't win. Spain are going to win. Why would you hold a World Cup in Qatar? You might as well hold it in the Falkland Islands. I thought Qatar was something you got in the back of your throat or your ears. Anyway, just tell everyone why you've been rubbing shoulders with all these big soccer stars. Yeah, my other half works at uh, the famous Salford City uh, on the way up, and that is owned by the likes of David Beckham and the famous guys from Man United. So, uh, uh, but conveniently, when when we go to games, my wife gets me tickets the exact opposite side of the stadium to these people. So uh, <laughs> she clearly trusts me. <laughs> uh, Outrageous! I don't, I don't blame her. That's. Proven she is the smart one of the two of you. <laughs> we always knew that one. So, <laughs> so despite this, this, despite the fact now you're going to be following two soccer teams, that's five between the four of us, and there's still not a decent team amongst it. So, uh, you know, we might as well just stick to the proper version of football. But before we get into all that, we're going to have a bit of a tenuous link with some sporting events and the NFL. It's a big week here if you like strawberries and ice cream. It's Wimbledon. I don't get it. It's it's the Wimbledon tennis season, boring, but my wife's watching it next door. She likes tennis, so I'll leave her to it. It's also the start of the Tour de France on Friday, Grand Depart from Copenhagen. Now, two things that tennis and the and Tour de France have got in common. There's never been a good American amongst them competing in either. I'm just about to duck because John's going to throw bricks at me. Um, interestingly... Atlanta Falcons owner, Arthur Blank, is a massive, massive cycling fan. Those that you don't follow cycling will um, will be um, keen to know that Arthur Blank once, for his, his, I think it was his 50th birthday, said to his wife, I want to attend the Tour de France. He was on a, a specific stage when a guy called Chris Froome, four times winner of the Tour de France, crashed his bike, thanks to a moped, decided to start running up a hill. Arthur Blank was on that stage. Really? Yes. Yeah, because Richie Port crashed into the back of Froome. Froome's bike broke in half and he decided to sprint to the end. And then obviously he he was penalised for that and the the entire sport had to grind to a halt and change the rules just to make it fair. But uh, yeah, it was a bit of a debacle. And interestingly, I heard all this on the Goriath Thomas podcast, a Welsh cyclist, British cyclist, Tour de France winner, it was interesting to hear him. I love when sportsmen talk about other sports. He's at the top of his field. He's, he's, he's a good all-round... Uh, he's, he's one of the top four favourites. He's not going to win the Tour de France this year, but he was talking about the NFL. He's a big fan. He was talking about how how brutal the sport is, um, you know, and, and how entertaining it is, especially around playoff uh, season. I just found that very interesting. You've got a guy there getting ready to compete for the Tour de France, and he's, you know, he's... He's talked about the NFL. I just thought it was quite interesting, uh, a, a bit of a link there with the old, you know, um, Greg LeMond, massive uh, figurehead in the sport, uh, arguably the greatest American cyclist to live. Um, I just thought it was quite interesting. But here we go, back round to the NFL. So, bit of a free-flowing podcast today, guys. We're going to go backwards and forwards. You know, it's it's middle of summer. Everyone's in a good mood. What has caught your eye in the world of the National Football League? Mr. Ayres, over to you. 
what's caught my eye in the National Football League in general or for Ooh. the Chargers specifically? Either or. Either, Either or. or. Let's get back into the groove <sighs> of the NFL. Well, I can't. I, I'd be remiss if I if I completely ignored the Deshaun Watson debacle that's going on. I mean, it's just he is obviously a horrible person. Uh, <laughs> I like your dinosaur there. Um, he's obviously a horrible person. Uh, you know, and he, you can you can jump on me all over the place and say, well, nothing's been proven or he's not, but he settled a lot of stuff, like twenty different cases. And I'm not saying that all Didn't of them. Did he allegedly were... go to see masseuses and just was doing very odd things? Allegedly, allegedly, or something. Yes. Yeah, allegedly. there are a lot of masseuses who are alleging that he did a lot of very inappropriate things, and that the Texans knew about it and that they covered it up so much so that at one point, when they found out kind of what was going on, they sent their lawyer down to his locker and put a bunch of blank NDA forms for him to give to his masseuses, like saying, "Hey, make sure they sign this crap." So, yeah. anyways. That's that's not going to go well. I don't. I mean, he's going to be suspended for maybe a year or more. Interestingly enough, Chargers play them this year, so it is Chargers related in a sense. Um, who knows who they're going to throw out there? Probably not Baker Mayfield. I think Baker Mayfield is going to end up somewhere, maybe in Seattle, a team we play again this again, another team we play this year, uh, may end up somewhere else. I doubt Carolina. So we'll see kind of how that saga kind of plays out. But uh, that's obviously caught my eye to kind of see how the NFL handles that. They have an opportunity to really. Pst- put their uh, flag in the ground and say, look, we're no longer going to be soft on domestic violence and domestic abuse because they have been in the past one to three game suspensions. I mean, Ray Rice didn't even get a half a season suspension and he was literally on film dragging a woman out, uh, who was unconscious out of an, uh, of an elevator. So hopefully, you know, hopefully, you know, they can do the right thing and, and set a precedence that says, Hey, look, we're no longer going to accept this type of behavior. We want to, ch- we want to turn over the new leaf. So, uh, that's kind of caught my eye. Obviously, I'm following the Dan Snyder thing. Uh, that is another awful human being who shouldn't should honestly not be owning a, an NFL franchise. So we'll see if the owners do anything about that. Um, likely not, unless they can prove more malfeasance on his end from you know affecting the bottom line of the NFL. But we'll see. Um, and maybe they'll get a new owner in who will change the god awful Commanders name. What it just. Ugh. Anyways, yeah, that, it's not good. Am I right in saying the Chargers the only? franchise in the National Football League that haven't had a player in bracelets in the last five years. Is that correct? Am I reading that right? I can't mm. think of anybody that's that's active on the roster that's been involved. I'm sure no. I read a stat on social media the day saying that the charges are basically when, when it comes to rap sheets. Um, uh, no, you're forgetting somebody. Who? You're forgetting that uh, Anthony McCoy uh, mm. was put in handcuffs for crimes against football. <laughs> was it Mike McCoy? What was his name? Mike McCoy. I'm going to say Mike McCoy. Anthony Lynn. You somehow mixed them. the two of them into yeah. just the worst football, <laughs> the worst football mind on earth. Yeah, <laughs> Could you it, imagine? It, it, for all those really awful owners out there, go and get yourself a combination of Anthony Lynn and Mike McCoy and North Turner if you want to really mix it up and you have a really bad franchise. I mean, it's one way to get the number one pick. Exactly. Dan, what's what's caught your eye, if anything? Chargers or wider National Football well, League? There was one big Chargers uh, story that happened after we last recorded, I think, was when it was revealed that Derwin James had surgery. Yes. Um, that was definitely a, a little bit um, a little bit of catching us off guard there, finding out that he had shoulder surgery. Um Despite ending the season really well, a couple of interceptions, 
Heck, he even had a pick in the Pro Bowl. And we all know how tough that game was. Um, but, yeah, that, that's the, the biggest thing that starts me. It was like a couple of days after we last recorded, I think. I have, some, like, inside oh, yeah, by the way. I have some inside <laughs> information on that, by the way, guys. So uh, right before I left for Texas, I actually ran into Derwin James at my local Target. Did I didn't you make separate a big, his shoulder? I, did, oh. I, didn't make, I didn't make a big deal about it. Did not make a big deal about it. But I asked him, hey, man, how's the shoulder? And he said, it's going to be 100%. So there you go. From the mouth of him directly, it's going to be 100%. How are we 12, 13 minutes into this show with, with that is the information you're now? Get off. Someone kick him out. <laughs> t- t- teaser. It's teaser. Just, just prove that any listener out there, you've got to keep listening to the show because we'll throw things into the mix. All right? But, yeah, I mean, Derwin James was limited in um, mandatory uh, minicamp. Um, but... That's the whole point. Is that the the the, the front office are, are guiding through and getting ready for the uh, start of the new yeah, season? Exactly. Least, he's he's yeah. not missing anything. He he won't make up for. He's he's already like he, he's already at the top of his game. He's not gonna come back and be like hideously far behind. So sitting out these these um, drills in the in the mini camp isn't isn't the end of the world. It's not. Mr. Bermudez, what's caught your eye? Nothing. Nothing's going on. It's the off-season. It's boring. Everyone tries to make a story out of nothing. Everyone's <laughs> chill. The only one story that uh, that caught my eye was saying... There's that- nothing. There's nothing. There's one thing, but there's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you call me out. Don't you call me out. But uh, Herbert is the eighth best-selling jersey in the NFL. Um, so I'm quite impressed with that. I thought, you know... Big, big, big name, big jersey sales. We, we've come a long way, and it shows what happens when, when you have an exciting prospect that could be potential Hall of Famer, potential Super Bowl champion. They sell. I've got an idea, Bez. You could buy his shirt, be your first ever Chargers jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I tell, I tell you what's big news for me. I'm really disappointed. I'm actually peed off for the for the odds makers. Chargers were when we last recorded. The Chargers were four favourites to win the Super Bowl. They've dropped to six favourites. So the haters can keep hating, but those odds makers are going to be left with egg on their face when those superchargers reach the Super Bowl. There's that picture of um oh the lighting hideous of me and John's Bezzy mate, Derwin James. That is hideously bright. Let's um Yeah, I forgot you met, you met Derwin James. Sorry, it's just like Bez, just me and you that haven't met go. him now. There you go. I feel left out like there is some sort of Derwin James club. <laughs> Well, you know, I'd hate even more if I hadn't met Derwin James and I had a jersey of him with the wrong number on. What, like this? <laughs> it's got the right number on. Best, it's just best. also got another number on. So, you know, you know now you're on a, about $1,000 worth of Red Cross fines. Yeah. I've got a way that you can eradicate all them. Oh, steady. You can borrow David Beckham's private jet and fly me and Dan and yourself over and our good lady wives to LA next season and we can have a meet up with John uh, and then fair. you can get your checkbook out. That's it. So I, 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 so I agree wholeheartedly. Just, just yeah. sort it out. Just get it sorted out. David. But make sure that we're flying, we're flying from South End. You can travel down to us because me and Dan ain't travelling up there. It's rough in Lancashire. I think Beckham's more likely to want to fly to Miami. Ah, sub that. But, yeah, Miami FC and Phil Neville's but, the uh, the head coach. 
Bez is his right-hand man. Anyway, Bez, over to you because you've got something on the agenda you want to talk about. Have I? What have I got to talk about? Yeah, so so we had we've had some listener questions, haven't we? Um, I don't remember. Yeah, we do. We've got we've had some listener questions from um from from a few weeks ago. Thank you for submitting those. Um, they wanted to throw some some questions our way in the off season to keep things interesting. Um, we were asked. And it's an interesting one because you asked uh, was you asked about the handcuffs, the, the, the people in, in, thrown yes. in jail. Would you be happy if right now the Chargers signed an elite player, truly elite, but who was always in trouble off the field, perhaps had a conviction, nope. some, some trouble? Nope. Or would do you want a harmonious locker room, but you miss out on added talent? Harmonious locker room, because when you when you end up, right... With a situation where you get a lunatic in the, in the locker room, things tend to go pear-shaped. It upsets the balance. You can have the best football player on the planet in your locker room in any one position. If he's going to upset the harmony within the locker room, it's going to destroy the entire ethos. It's going to upset the rhythm. It is not good. I'm sure all of us have worked with someone in the past that uh, are a bit left or right of field, not team players, get on everyone's nerves and it all goes south that's a massive no for me one rotten apple spoils the bunch correct oh he's nostradamus is it nostradamus aristotle god I, knows i don't know so, this guy that's who said it um <laughs> i don't get it. a stoke but i have got a philosophy but i'll just go and get it out it's a big one <laughs> i don't know where john's gone but but yeah i'm, I'm also of the opinion that um it, it's it's not worth it. Um, I, I'd much rather like be rooting for a team of players that I want to root for. It's a great. Point. I, it would definitely make it harder to be a fan having someone there that you just completely disagreed with their everything. Um, it's all it's already um, a problem with some teams. I mean, you look at. I mean, we've already touched on Deshaun Watson, arguably elite player. With elite baggage, yeah, you just that's don't want that. All right, I'm going to right. twist this. I'm going to take oh, Dan, you, you, Dan, you, from, Dan from Essex. Interestingly, so this is not you. Different, different Dan from Essex. Dan T from Essex. Um, <laughs> he he has a twist on. Uh, I'm going to put a twist to your question, Dan T, and I'm going to say it's the eve of the Super Bowl, and the Chargers lose Justin Herbert. And Deshaun Watson's been found guilty, suspended, cut from the Browns, but he's there and you can sign him as a free agent and start him to win a Super Bowl. And he he's, he he looks incredible. Do you do it just to win that Super Bowl? Do you take the talent to get the ring? Ah, you just fall no. yourself. Your own question is dug a hole for yourself, Beth. Could you just go and get Philip Rivers, wouldn't you? <laughs> oh, yeah, you would. <laughs> Look at these other options. Just call him Chase Daniel. Just, just Chase Daniel. Six yards per attempt. <laughs> Made a career out of it. I could do that. I, I, I wouldn't. I, I would always, I would always see it as tainted, and I wouldn't want that as my my big happiest memory to always be tainted. I like that. I think that's fair. Yeah, you don't want to to, to win by the wrong method. Some teams do, some people do. Uh, yeah. I don't, and I'm a purist in sport. I don't want to win in soccer, football over here by just spending money out of fashion. I don't want to sign the dodgy player. I'm not interested. 
I think uh, that I, I think that's the thing as well, Bez. I think I think everybody has has got some sort of affiliation with with nearly every player on the roster. You know, even even like the Kenneth Murray who struggled, people still wanting to do well. Um, there's no one out there, you know, with a pitchfork going, get outside the building. We don't want you anymore. You, you know, I mean, we had the likes of Melvin Gordon that thought they were bigger than the franchise. Um, and the, the franchise was like, no, see you later. You're not welcome here anymore, uh, if that's the way you're going to be. And, and I think we've, we've got that balance. I think that the whole... Um, the whole... Um, I mean, John's back... Um, I heard John. some Melvin Gordon slander, and I had to show back up. Yes, the question was: <laughs> would, would, you, would you take an absolute stud if he was a lunatic, was always in bracelets and, and causing havoc? Dan and I said no. Upset um, the dressing room. First of all, I apologize. I was rubbing my eye, and my contact lens fell out, so that was. <laughs> a little so. I also took the opportunity since I was away to grab myself a fresh ice coffee. Oh yes, nice. And maybe a different hat too. Why the hell not? Anyway, so um, I'll just uh, quickly show you my two coffee machines there. Look, oh, yes. oh, very nice. Geez. Wow. Am I the only one that Anyways. doesn't wear glasses on this podcast? Yes. Who said I guess. That? Don't know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, over to you, John. You got um, the listeners' question. So I guess it kind of depends on on it. To be honest, like, would I? If the if the Chargers were literally one talented player away from the Super Bowl, like if you told me right now, look, if, if you could add Tyreek Hill for the veterans minimum and he would play a year for you and he'd basically be the missing piece to win the Super Bowl uh, and he had domestic abuse issues and all that stuff. And as much as I hate that from a personal life standard, like, I mean, getting a Super Bowl is rare and hard, okay? There are plenty of times when the best team in the league does not win the Super Bowl. It happens all the time. So if you could tell me that it would basically guarantee us at least one Super Bowl, if we were to pick up a, a troublemaker, someone who's, you know, an off-field distraction person, I would take it, honestly, because, you know, getting that Super Bowl would be huge. Huge for the franchise, huge for Herbert and his legacy, because, you know, I was I was a big Dan Marino fan for a long time, and one of the knocks that you always hear with Marino is he never won the big one, right? He sniffed yeah. it in his rookie season, and then he basically never sniffed it again, made it to the playoffs, but never made it to a Super Bowl. So it's just one of those things where you're like, you know, if I, if you told me we could win a Super Bowl, but we had to handle that, I'd I'd probably take it. But other than that, I really wouldn't want to, obviously. Yeah, I think we're all, all, all on board pretty much. I have a, a more tricky question because you're all going to have to put hats on the line and make a prediction. You can't put Seb... hats on the line because you've eaten all yours. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Seb from Munich. Who listens? We do have oh, international fan base. Tag. Who will get more sacks, Bosa or Mac? That is a big question. John Ayres. Bosa, no question. Mac is actually, uh, at this point in his career, yes, he's obviously a sack threat, and he's obviously going to have his opportunities, but I think that ultimately what it does is, with that strengthened line, it's going to give Bosa the opportunity to get the quarterback more. Uh, it's going to allow him to get to the quarterback in the sense that the quarterback can no longer push the pocket to the other direction like he could have before when he didn't have to worry about someone coming from his other side. Um, so I, I think it does mean for Bosa. Mac, at this point in his career, is, a, is actually a really good run stopper, and maybe be even a better run stopper on the end than an actual pass rusher at this point. So I just don't think Mac is the pass rusher he used to be, which is fine. We don't need him to be. We just need him to be, you know, if he's 
one half of the Khalil Mack that he was, you know, when he was all pro, that would still be a massive improvement over anyone on the opposite side of Joey Bosa. So I think, I think Bosa hands down leads the team and the league in sacks this year. That is a hot take. I like that a lot. Dan. I don't know if he leads the league because well, they I mean, he'd have to, I think he'd have to play a full season. Um, and yes, uh, having Mac opposite Bosa will alleviate some of the pressure that Bosa's under and hopefully lessen the wear and tear on his body um, because he's always out there looking exhausted, dragging the defense along. Um, so that'll be a plus. But yeah, I, I don't. I think he'll miss a couple of games somewhere in the middle. Um, and yeah, uh, but I think I think Bosa's the right answer here. Uh, for pretty much exactly what John said. Um, Bosa, I think, has still got that that extra level above Mac there in the pass rushing, that Mac being there will eat up some space and free some gaps for Bosa. I also think that Bosa is going to benefit a lot more from coverage sacks. I think that's a big thing we don't talk about mm. enough now because obviously the defensive line improvement is massive and we're all excited about that. But, you know, you've got that core out there now, right? You've got J.C. Jackson. You've got Zont. You've got Derwin James roaming around. You know, you've got Davis mm-hmm. who can fill in here and there. Like, you've got a very solid set of of cover corners out there who are going to make it scary for quarterbacks to get rid of the ball, right? Before you're like, oh, Bosa's coming, get rid of the ball quickly. Well, Getting rid of the ball quickly is not great if you're throwing it near J.C. Jackson because getting rid of it quickly means J.C. Jackson's still right there next to the man, and that could be an interception. So I think that there's going to be a lot more coverage sack opportunities and with you know lack of, of double team. That's why I think, that's why I really think that league leading it um, that Bosa leading the league in uh, sacks is a real possibility. Like legitimately, I'm not just saying that to have a hot take. I'm not just saying that to you know make waves or whatever. I'm legitimately believe that Bosa has an opportunity to lead the lead in sacks. I, I really believe that. So here's my take on it, uh, and I've, I've alluded to this previously. When Melvin Gordon had his last season with the Chargers, he obviously he wasn't playing to the level that we. But Melvin, I'll eat my hat. Melvin Ingram played with his last season with the Chargers. He wasn't playing to the level that we were accustomed to. And what you found since during that season and since, Bose has been playing. Imagine. For those of you who are new to the NFL, imagine a racing car or your own car at home. When you redline that, when that needle gets into red, okay, the engine's working super hard. Not particularly good for it over long periods. And that's how I think Bose has been playing. It goes back to what Dan and you said, John. The fact that we've got uh, additions, Khalil Mack, Van Noy, etc. It's going to allow Bose to ramp up into that red area to high intensity when needed and not all the time, which means he's going to be more effective. He's going to be less gassed. He's going to have more energy to make those impact uh, decisions. Um, and I do believe that is, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, uh, I, I believe it'll be the the, the pastor, uh league leader, but I do believe we'll see more output from, from uh, Bozer. From a mental perspective, he knows that he's got Mac. He knows that he's got... Um, an improved defensive line, all that wrapped into one, the fact that we've also got Brandon Staley now in his second year as a head coach, I think they're all the ingredients for an improved Joey Bosa. 
But, and there is a but, Dan's already alluded to it. We need a full season for it. Now, Cynic in me says that he's going to, Bozo will get targeted by somebody because he's had, is it three or four serious concussions the last three three seasons? We need to try and avoid that. That's very difficult when you're an explosive uh, edge rusher like Bozo. I mean, end of the day, it's a physical game, especially in the trenches. We've just got to pray that that doesn't happen. But I do believe we'll see more output from, from Joey Bosa in this season. I can't wait. Bez is shaking his head. What a surprise. <laughs> You're all wrong. Again. <laughs> I think Bosa will have a statistical slump. He'll play amazing, but his statistics will come down because he will enable the other players to surpass him by taking on men, by, by getting disruption. And I think Mac is going to have an incredible bounce-back season. He's going to play to the, the statistics of the first seven games he played last year, and he's going to lead the team in sacks and the division in sacks. He's going to be incredible. So I'm going to go against you all, guys. Thank you, Seb, from Germany, for that question. Um, sorry that the other three were all wrong. <laughs> um, I've got a really good one. Um, and it's... Oh, it's oh, really wow. it's, it's so bad. bad. He's he got he got good? censored. It's too good, too hot. It was too hot. Let me get this. I reckon David Becker's pulled him off the show. So what are you doing on there with those? Uh, <laughs> so those, here we go. Are... What's your dream Super Bowl matchup? Chargers versus who? Yes, that's exactly what I was about to ask. That's a that's a good job, Dan. So Bez, why don't you start us off? <laughs> Dan, for the rest of this show, Dan is now in charge. Dan, yeah, Dan's not hosted yet. Dan, you're yeah, on the that's 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 you, Um, who who's my dream Super Bowl matchup? I think it has to. There's a number of NFC teams that I'd like to see. I, you know, I wouldn't mind us beating Brady, and and he gets there, he gets the hype, and we put him in his place and send him into retirement. The team that does that and sends him on his way with a defeat will live long in the memory. Um. But for me, I want to play the Green Bay Packers. Being over here in the UK, you always get the Packers bandwagon fans, the big success, Rogers fans. Oh, yeah, you know what they're like. All these UK cheese heads that think they're all that. They get to the Super Bowl, out they come in, you know, with their jersey, their caps on. I want to beat Rogers and put him into retirement. That would do me nicely in the Super Bowl. Was? Do you know what? Part of me wants to say that the Rams, for all that shenanigans, who's at whose house, do one. Get, go away, you two bananas on a helmet. Part of me wants to say that. Part of me wants to say Green Bay for the reasons you said, Bez, because there are a lot of bandwagon fans in the UK. You know, um, we spoke about this before. Part of me says uh, Brady, <laughs> shut him up. But it would be really funny. Um, I think it would be amazing. I think probably John would appreciate this. The Cowboys. <laughs> I can't see that happening, you know. Anything but that would that, that, be a coup that, to be America's team, wouldn't it? <laughs> Send Jerry Jones into retirement. <laughs> what we want to do is send people into retirement. 
It's a good question. If there was any dream scenario, it's hard because there's not really a lot of good rivalries in the NFC for the Chargers no. um, that I would think, oh, you know, Chargers and them, what a great matchup. Um, if I was thinking about it, I mean, obviously the first name that comes to the mind would be the Rams, right? The whole, you know, LA versus LA Super Bowl. Uh, I think that would be kind of cool and amazing. Uh, tell the league to stuff it. LA's got the best, you know, teams in the league again. Um, but then you have to hear about the if you beat the Rams and you had to hear, well, we won the year before. We've back to back. We're a dynasty, but I, I really don't want to have to hear that to be honest. So can't be the Rams. Um, so then, if I start going down the list, Packers are intriguing. I just honestly, I really don't want to play. Aaron Rodgers in a Super Bowl, I, I would be really worried what that might look like, especially since he might be on a farewell tour at some point here. So I don't really want to play them. Uh, don't really want to play Brady and the Bucks because you never know with Brady and all, like just so many things with Brady. Just oh, it just seems like bad juju there. Um, to be honest, if, like if I'm really thinking about like who would be kind of a dream scenario, honestly, it would be a team with a rookie quarterback who. Uh, somehow has some magical run to make it like, I don't know, maybe like the Falcons for some reason. Right. Uh, because there's nothing I would like more than this defense to play against a rookie quarterback in the Super Bowl. So whether it's a Desmond Ritter or, uh, or something like that, like I, I would not, I would not hate that scenario. So I think my dream matchup is the easiest matchup. That would be my dream matchup. Cause I want them to win the Super Bowl. I don't care who they beat. I don't care if they, I don't, I don't <laughs> care if they, they beat free and, <laughs> uh, a division one college team to win a Super Bowl does not matter. Just win the Super Bowl. Get that ring, baby. <laughs> just get the ring. Just get the ring. If we get one, we're going to get two or three. You can just feel it. See, I, I've got I've got three different teams here. That I I would be happy to see us. Well, I'd be happy to see us beat like one of sixteen teams. But there are three <laughs> in particular: um, the Lions, because I think they're trash, and I think we could win it quite easily. If we play the Lions, um, I'm playing because I could play against the Lions. Yeah, it'd be one of those that you just like. Okay, we we've got this. Um, the Panthers, from a purely personal standpoint, with oh, my yeah. wife being a Panthers wife, fan, yeah. and I would love it if we could beat them in the Super Bowl. Um, I think that would just be that extra. This is why my team's better than yours, kind of point. Um, but from a from a, a different viewpoint i'd quite like to see us beat the 49ers yeah, that's a good shout you get good you shout. get the the bosa bowl love it good shout. a certain former Chargers head coach just happens to be an assistant there and it would be great to beat him dan uh, you know, you know what so funny. That, I was a shout. that is a good shout because the bosa, bosa yeah and me too we're going with 49ers i think Bozer versus Bozer, the, the media would go wild. Clearly, Bez hasn't spoken yet. He's going to disagree. Okay. No. Also, I, I, also, there's that whole narrative. There was some of us who really like Trey Lance uh, coming out of that draft, and you know, to beat Trey Lance. And then the thing that actually immediately popped in my mind that I'm surprised he didn't say is it's a little bit of vengeance, right? Last time the Chargers were in the Super Bowl, Ooh, exactly, lost yeah. to the 49ers. Yeah, like, well, I would love to blow out the 49ers this time. Just blow That's them it. out. Yes. To be fair, over here in the UK, you get those legacy. NFL fans who will support the 49ers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. put them in their place. I agree. I'm on board. Victory. Down. 49ers, it is. 49ers, you're going downtown. Dan, I guess Dan wins this round. This Dan, is round. Give, <laughs> Host Dan wins the round. 
Just don't dye your hair red for the next podcast or gold. I I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Next color on on the um, rotation is pink. So, very nice. (laughs) What's next on the questions? Uh, Well, we we had another question about uh, who who would you want as your wide receiver three, Um, Palmer or Guyton? Just from what we've seen so far. And that's from Ian. Is that one of the questions, Bez? Yeah, that's from Ian in London. I'm remembering Thank you, it fine. Good. Yes, yes, it is. And it's an interesting one because, you know, a lot of people in going to the draft were keen on a wide receiver for the Chargers and thought Guyton was the person to go. Um, but actually, I watched the highlights of the last season again, and he was a reliable deep threat most of the time and added something extra. He only has that one streak down the sideline really fast, and the defence either knows it's happening or doesn't. But... Uh, he adds that little extra something. Palmer, for me, needs to be used more. This season needs to be a breakout for him. Um, and I think he has the talent to go and be there and potentially a replacement for Mike Williams in the long term. Horses for courses is my answer. Depends <coughs> on the scenario. I think you rotate them round. Um, you know, you, you can't just have Guyton as your wide receiver three all the time. Just bang, 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 deep threat. He, he, he's not going to go across the field and beat men and break <coughs> tackles. So you keep him ready and and you just put them in a game scenario you just keep rotating them around there's no official wide receiver three yeah i like that i like that i like having a 3a and 3b i think you need to use all four guys maybe even five um then you start thinking well who who do you fill that fifth spot with on the roster does it go to um was it deandre carter was carter the returner um, does it go to him? Does it go to someone like Joe Reed? But I think you're going to end up seeing all four of those top guys, Alan Williams, Guyton, and Palmer. It'll just be situational, whether whether you end up seeing Palmer or Guyton. I think overall you'll probably see more of Guyton to start off, and then it'll swap about midway through the season. You'll start seeing more Palmer. Um, but, yeah, that might just be a case of, right, We'll send Guyton down, down, down the sideline at the start of the game, just like um the London game against the Titans, where you just started off the the, the game started with that seventy yard bomb down the down the left sideline. Is that Tyrell Williams caught that? Wasn't yeah, it? yeah, it was Tyrell Williams. Yeah, it was there. Yep. Um, and I I think you'll just see some of that from Guyton, and then maybe a few more plays for Palmer just across the middle and just in contested catches. But yeah, we'll see both guys. Yeah, I think if gun to my head, if it had to be one, it's Guyton, just because Guyton adds a different element to the receiving core. And ultimately, your wide receiver three is going to be your every once in a while guy, maybe a release, you know, maybe a safety release guy. So it doesn't need to be also. I think Palmer's probably the better wide receiver, if I'm being like honest. I think Joshua Palmer is a better receiver than Jalen Guyton uh, if you bring everything into it. But I think Guyton really brings that, you know, deep threat guy who could potentially take the top off the defense. And I think you need that. You need those heave plays every once in a while where Herbert can just use his arm and just chuck it 60 yards down the field to keep the defense honest, keep those safeties honest. Don't let them 
creep up. You know, if you start letting those uh, safeties creep up, it starts getting really compact in the middle. And then Williams uh, and Allen have less room to work with. Everett has less room to work with. So, um, you know, I just, I think it, for me, it's gotta be Guyton, even though I think Palmer is a better receiver. I think Palmer is not the Williams replacement. I think Palmer is the Allen replacement, you know, Keenan Allen probably only has a couple more years of really, of really kind of torch in the league. Uh, and I think Palmer probably just kind of takes over for him. So. There's three things that our receivers need to be doing between now and pre-season proper. Eat, sleep, jugs machine. Jugs machine. <laughs> I knew Eat, it was coming. Sleep, jugs machine. Eat, sleep. Too many drops last year. They've got to get used to that the pace of the ball from Justin Herbert. But we can't go down that route again of shooting ourselves in the foot. So whether it is Palmer or Guyton, I personally go with Guyton. I think he's more of a deep ball threat. <clears throat> but all of them, including Eckler, needs to, needs to get their hands on the ball. Ball safety, ball security, that is the key to success this season. Okay. What's okay. next? Sleep jugs. It's, it's a good mantra. Sleep. We, we can work with it. What is it? I'm afraid I don't know what the next... It flows. I use the jig machine. That's how we go. I'm afraid I don't know what the next question was, Bez. Um, oh, so I'll have down. to revert back to you here. Um, you with your dinosaur. <laughs> Me and the dinosaur. Like, last question of the pod is, what is the one area on our roster that is the weakest going into the season? John. I mean, that's... Pretty, pretty obvious right tackle. I mean, it's kind of the glaring hole uh, on the offensive line. I know there's, you know, we got some faith. In the, uh, the team at least has some sort of faith in Storm Norton and um, uh, and what's his face figuring out? Trey Pipkins figuring it out. I, I don't have that same faith. I've seen enough from all of them to know that not all of them are like rotational <clears throat> fill-in right tackles, but should not be trusted to be full-time right tackles. And I know there are ways that we can protect the quarterback with a bad right tackle, you know, chip blocks, help rolling out misdirection movement, all that. There's a lot of things we can do to help kind of uh, give help over on the right-hand side. But I hate the fact that you're going to have to call plays. You're going to have to scheme around a bad right tackle when it'd be easier to just worry about the offense and not worry about the right tackle. So that's obviously to me, the biggest glaring weakness on this entire team. So I mean, it's kind of the easy answer. I'll, I'll take the layup there. I think that's a fair, a fair shout. Right tackle, maybe middle linebacker, but it's right tackle. That's that's the that's the hole. Storm Norton, nice enough, but but not good enough. I want to go a different direction. I'm going to go slightly backfield. He's got running a backs. left tackle. Uh, behind, behind, <laughs> yeah. behind, behind Austin, Austin Eckler, I think we're going to potentially struggle. I think it's, it's one weakness of our offense. Uh, I reckon Eckler will get a lot of reps. Um, whether or not Spiller can step up, Larry Roundtree, I don't know. But there's, there's, you know, we haven't got that one-two combination that that can really uh, eat the clock. Um, that's a big worry, and I think those RB. Two, three, fours are going to get a lot of reps, a lot of carries, a lot of attempts in in preseason. Um, don't even play Austin Eckler. 
um, in those pre-season games. Um, that, that's a worry for me. Yeah, right tackle is a worry, but we've just got to trust the offensive line coach. We've got to trust the process. And we've got, you know, we've got, we, we, we have got one of the best uh, offensive lines in, in the league. We, we've just got to trust those guys. Now's the time for Pipkins and Storm Norton to work their tails off. Uh, you know, honestly, I, I think that's a great take, but I, I actually don't agree because I am a massive fan of Spiller. Uh, I, I'm going to say this right now. I think he he's easily the best running back they've dressed, drafted since Gordon. Um, and I think he has the ability to be a three down back. If, if Eckler, for some reason were to go down, I honestly don't have, obviously the offense changes cause he can't do what Eckler can do. But I actually honestly believe that if you were just to rely on, on Spiller in the backfield as, as the primary back and spell him every once in a while with the rest of the guys on this roster, I think they'd be just fine. To be perfectly honest, I think they'd be just fine. Uh, I, I really do. I really do believe that that the Spiller is going to be a breakout star for this team. Now, not this year. Hot I think take. they. Re- I think they. I think they ease him in this year. I think he. I think his workload starts at like twenty percent of the carries, and by the end of the year, it's up to like forty percent of the carries. I think he elevates him, but I think by year two of Spiller, I think he's a 50-50 split. Maybe even. I think he might even get sixty percent of the carries, not touches. The carries by the running back at that point, because I think this kid can really play. I think he was a steal. Um, he doesn't have that last gear. Like you know, if he breaks one free, he doesn't necessarily have the last gear to really take it all the way home. But I think he can be a real, real, real solid option in the in, in this offense. And I think he brings to this offense what we, they've been sorely lacking. Uh, and they've tried to draft in the last couple drafts. They've tried to draft him with a round tree. They tried to draft him um, before that uh, with the kid out of UCLA. And they just, you know, they didn't draft the talent. Okay. It's like, okay, you've got a wonderful, wonderful uh, let's just say a wonderful tea that is spiller, right? It's you got you a kettle, man, you're brewing you? it nicely. Oh, yes. What, what are you doing? The other, you the other ste- options were microwave tea. Steeping. The other options were micro- it, you steeping. microwave tea. Spiller is steeping. The other running backs are microwave tea. Yeah, they could get the job done in small doses, <laughs> I guess, if you're desperate, but ultimately they're not really running backs like Spiller is. So that's that's my comparison. Unbelievable. Um, I, I think you're both wrong, and that the obvious answer is <laughs> our, our weakest position is quarterback. We have one legitimate guy in the roster. That is not enough depth. <laughs> uh, we need to trade for Lamar. Well, <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Guys, um, Dan's had to go. Thank you. We're going to wrap up now. It's been so much fun to come back after a nice break, having that breather. You know, there's not, there's not been a lot to talk about. There's no point making content for the sake of content. And it's nice to come back uh, as we get energized for OTAs, the preseason and the Super Bowl winning season for the Chargers, which we're all on board with. Um, it's going to be really exciting. Uh, any guys got any final comments before we wrap up? No, absolutely cracking to be back with you guys. Uh, absolutely buzzing for the new season. Uh, another great show. I've just got three words for you guys. Eat, sleep jugs that's it that's all <laughs> and on that peace out fold up <laughs> <laughs>